You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. You can email us as well, lockedonrays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this Friday at 9 p.m. to get in on the action Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Well, Ulysses, the Rays lose 1-0, to and uh, I guess this is how we put it. The Rays got cold. The Rays got cold. Yeah. That, that's really about it. That's what I got. That, that's why it was so important to beat up on Jordan Montgomery because mm-hmm. the monster that is Cole is looming uh, big in, in, that, in that middle game. And there was just very little that you could do with what he was offering last night. I mean, he was just painting with all four pitches. It was remarkable. I mean, he's a really good pitcher and, uh, he's a great pitcher. The race just couldn't. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, you know, that's why you get paid 324 million. And we talked about this, you know, and I, and when he signed that big deal, we said, look, that deal is going to suck, uh, you know, in five years. But we also said, but the next five, next four years, the Rays are going to have their hands full seeing this guy multiple times yes. every year. And, uh, and it's that's the thing. Yeah. Like year seven, years eight, probably aren't going to work out that great for the Yankees. But this is what they signed him for. Plug and play. Go throw eight innings, 100 pitches, strike out 12 guys. We don't have to think about platoons and mixing and matching. It's just go out there, throw your eight. We bring in Chapman done deal. We're done. And that's why he is. I mean, he is some of the numbers he's putting up. If he continues the track he's on, he will be a hall of famer. Like that. That's what you ran into last night. If you're the race, you, and he was great. Like you mentioned all four pitches, not only does he have all of his stuff is good, but the fact that he can pinpoint it and put it wherever he wants to is what is remarkable. Like, honestly, I think Tyler glass now has just as good, if not better, nastier, highlight-worthy stuff, but he can't control and command the way Garrett Cole is, and that's why Garrett Cole gets uh, 324 mil, and Tyler Glass now will get paid in time, but there's a little bit of a different class, uh, 1A, 1B, or 1, 2, so on and so forth. You can be the ace of your staff, 
but that doesn't necessarily make you an ace in the league. And right. you only have four aces in a deck of cards, right? So I hate when people, oh, that ace, the ace, the ace. It's like, no, you can't have like 20 aces in the Chris league. Chris Bassett ain't an ace. Four. I'm sorry. He's an opening day starter. <laughs> right. He's not an ace. I don't even know if right. he was you the got- opening day starter, but something along those lines, yes. Yeah, you right now you have Cole DeGrom in that elite of like, holy crap, they are yeah. so good. And that's what the the Rays ran into last night. But I want to say something across, you know, baseball. Uh, is it me or have the last two games been kind of boring? Kind of a snooze fest because there is so little put in, into play. Yeah. Kevin, the, yesterday's game, had two exciting things happen. Number one, that Margot catch. What a right. show of athleticism from Manuel. Really, a snow cone catch, uh, maybe took a, a, a step too much in, but then saved himself with that leaping catch. Great stuff. That was amazing to watch. Number two, Brandon Lau surprising everybody and getting a, 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 a bunt single the other way. Hey, I'm, I'm really not hitting my stride. They're giving me a single. Cole is giving me a single. Right. I'm going to take it. Great job by, by Brandon Lau. But that was probably the most exciting things to happen in a baseball in, in, in a baseball game. And that cannot happen, Kevin. Kevin, you, you can't have a three-hour game and those two things be the most yeah impactful uh you know plays of the game that that means it's boring you can't have yes. baseball be boring and okay there, there's a, maybe the randy yeah. bomb the the randy almost bomb was exciting too but again if you can count that's probably bad for the sport there there's not much there there's not much to go with that uh yeah see honestly and that's what you have to do against garrett cole the brandon Lau. You love and really do that more often, especially if you're struggling like he is and really the rest of the team as well. Like you got to play a little small ball, lay down a bunt, try to steal second, have a guy ground one over, move over to third and then try to get a sack fly and and score your run that way. That's really the best opportunity you have against Cole. And uh, yeah, you honestly, maybe the biggest highlight was uh, Clint Frazier getting thrown out of the game. That was probably like the biggest, most (laughs) impactful, most climax thing in that game. Like I'm not even going to count like, we talk about the Rays getting uh, just four hits. I'm going to say just three hits uh, because I'm not counting. Uh, I'm not counting the uh, Austin Meadows uh, B ring uh, double or whatever it is. I'll, I'll credit that one in the I box score to the trap, not Austin Meadows with that. So a little bit uh, a luck on that side, but it wasn't much. And again, bunt still counts as a hit, of course. But really, I mean, there's. I mean, I guess really one good hard hit ball, and that was by uh, that was by Randy last night. And I love when catwalks are present and, and, and make a statement when the Yankees are in town because there's nothing better than, than seeing them like, oh, the trap sucks, eh? whatever. They give, they give us Steinbrenner Field then if, if you hate the trap so much, then you, know, you yeah. should probably be Short uh, happy to do that. But um, look, I, I know it's Cole and, and you really didn't, he didn't do anything wrong last night. It, that, that, so you, how, how can you stop such an immovable force? Right. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say that, but this race team with their offense is just, uh, you know, hitting four hits or less in the last five games. Uh, I think they have a slash on a, a batting average of, of the team batting average of 157 in the last five games. Their, their season batting average right. is down to 217. This is and, not good. 
it's not good. And this is what I say, especially against a guy like Cole or really anybody, you got to pounce on first pitch strikes. You got to pounce on that. That might be the best thing you get. If a guy is just going to glide or slide one over the middle, get me over fastball for strike one. And you're going to, and I, that, that was honestly, I think part of the problem with Yoshi Satsugo, he wasn't swinging as many as, as many first uh, pitch as many first pitches as he was last year. Uh, by the way, your boy, I mean, speaking of uh, struggles, uh, Willie Adamas par for the course, getting three strikeouts and three at-bats last night. I guess, you know, the look, it is Cole. I totally get that and understand. But I think Adamas, his strategy was swing at anything outside the zone. But if it's inside the zone, take it. Take it for a strike. I guess that's what his MO was. It's so frustrating to watch 2021 Willie Adamas at the box. It's, it's, it's taking all that you have as a race fan to just bear to watch it. He is not the same guy. He just completely obliterated his swing into this Reed Brignac, you know, <laughs> style uppercut swing that has no business doing in the major leagues. And I looked at his hitting chart last night. Um, and the balls outside and at the top of the zone, he's just chasing those pitches like like they're just fodder and and, and high pitches as well. You saw it yesterday. I mean, he if he could lean a foot in, they would hit him in the chin. And he's swinging yeah. at these pitches. Um, then I also looked at his defense. Um, right now, he is doing really well with UZR and all of the defensive analytics show that he is actually. Uh, being efficient on the field and, and that's great to see but I w- but I'll say this the moment that his defense starts to to decrease in any shape or, or form um, with those numbers there is really nothing keeping him in the lineup I mean, right now you can say hey he gives us great defense but sure the moment that starts to not be the case with Willie there is really no justification to keep him in the lineup. And, and, and that sucks because we've seen what he can do. He's an 800 plus OPS guy. Okay. Right. That, that's who he is. He's shown to be that guy in the major leagues. So to see him struggle this mightily, you know, I know they don't want to demote him to AAA because of what that can do to his trade value and, and his psyche. But uh, I, I really want to know how long that leash is. And maybe that's the answer. The leash is how long can he be can he be effective with the glove? That's what's keeping him on the field right now. Look, I think the Rays were doomed from the start when we heard that G-Man Choi was not going to be in the lineup. G-Man Choi, the one guy, maybe the one guy in baseball who is the Garrett Cole killer, and that was like the absolute buzz kill with that. Look, hey, Triple A yeah. may be. Uh, well, I guess. Choi has a little bit of a knee setback. That's not good. Uh, but I nope. guess a triple A may be crowded with first base DH types if Yoshi goes down there and then G-Man Choi has to continue his rehab assignment. Um, one more thing on the game. So the Rays, of course, I mean, the Yankees, it was plug and play, easy, Cole, Chapman, we're done. The Rays used five pitchers. And, of course, one of those pitchers was Ryan Yarbrough. He goes three and a third innings and 56 pitches. I wonder, and I think his last appearance, he went four innings. Let me posit this question to you, Ulysses. Is this something where we know that Waka is going to be coming back soon? Rich Hill, they may start to use more as a traditional starter. Patino, McClanahan, building up their confidence. Is Yarbs becoming not a starter anymore, but a bulk guy who is going to be a three-inning max guy who's going to be used every three or four days instead of every five days? Maybe... 
I might be reading too much into it, and maybe some of it is part of the Yankees lineup, but that appears that may be what it is after he he started the season uh, not so good as a traditional starter. Yeah, I think that's 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 what the the plan is. Uh, he was livid when he was taken out yesterday and yeah. livid. I mean, you could see it in his face that uh, he was not happy about it and you shouldn't be happy about it if you're Ryan Yarbrough. So that makes sense. The, the, the utility of him, of course, after an opener, the results have been way better. So I would be okay with seeing him go after an opener, but they're not right. even doing that. Like you said, I mean, three innings, four innings, sometimes it's not even a proper bulk. Sometimes it's just one time through the order and then you're out. And maybe that's just because it was the Yankees and it's a really good offense. And so maybe you just want to give them different looks every time they're up to bat, which basically happened for every hitter. They, they, yeah. they were seeing a different arm slot and, and different stuff every time up there. And maybe that confused him. And hey, they only got one run. So it's not like they also hit the yeah. crap out of the ball either. Um, so maybe that's it, but I would really hate that to be Ryan Yarbrough's future just as a three inning one time through the order guy. Cause I think he deserves more than that. And he's shown that he can be a little bit more than that. Of course. Uh, my prediction that he would lead the team in innings isn't looking so hot right now. Not looking so no. hot at all. Uh, locker room, uh, by the way, uh, coming up next, we have part three, the final part of our interview with Ray's prospect and 2015 first round pick coming up, but First, we've got to tell you about Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sport fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We'll be hosting a room uh, for the Locked on Rays podcast once a week, namely this Friday at 9 p.m., so you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Rays group for the latest league updates. Uh, be sure to follow Ulysses and I on there. My uh, account is at Kevin Weiss if you want to check us out so you can be notified when our room goes live. We've had a lot of interaction over the past several weeks, Brian, Jesus, Alex, Joseph, Zach, Chase, so many others have gotten involved, and now you can too. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. I don't like that, Kevin. Not, 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 uh, not giving me the, the at, at Ulysses. There you go. Find me too, Kevin. You're, you're getting followers. Yeah, I, well, followers. I didn't know what yours was. I didn't want to give people false information. <laughs> at Ulysses, at Kevin Weiss, at Ulysses. There, there we, we go. go. So now no excuses not to find us and chat with us on locker room there. Uh, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will uh, bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require membership or login either. Uh, the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and then choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals 
and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. What is your, uh, for the listeners out there, what's kind of your game day routine? What do you kind of do as far as if you can run us through sort of a day in the life of Garrett Whitley on a game day? What, what's kind of going on there? Yeah, so I'll give you my best approximation, but it has been a while. <laughs> so we've only been doing this for a couple of days now. It's right. been on the rugs. Um, so it's different here. Um, but usually I try to, let me think. For an away game, like right now, we usually get to the ballpark about three. So I'll wake up, try to go eat some for breakfast and get some for lunch, which I'll eat before I go to the ballpark too. And then get there at three. I got like a, um, a hip warm up that I do every day um, to make sure that my body is ready to go. Um, and then I like to get in the cage and take uh, some flips first and then. We've been to, we like to do some overhand BP and, and um, approach work in the cage before we go out onto the field. Um, and then we, we just run through whatever, uh, whatever the coaches have us doing on a particular day once we're on the field. Um, individual defense work, throwing the bases, um, hitting BP on the field, whatever we do. Um, and then, I mean, it's really – I don't have like a crazy – like this is what I do routine, but I like to get in the clubhouse when we do, I like to change early. So I'm not ever rushing. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big be ready early. So I don't, I don't have to ever feel pressured or to get ready or anything like that. Um, and then I just, uh, I like a little bit of time to myself. Like if I can go find a quiet space, um, just to get my head right. Um, cause before games, yeah, I, I just don't really like to talk a whole lot. I'm not fit real loud in the clubhouse. Um, so hopefully I can go find a quiet space and go sit for a couple minutes and get my head right and then head out to the field, go warm up and go play the game. I, I want to go back to this routine because baseball players have the um, – I don't want to say the stereotype, but kind of the stereotype of being, you know, very meticulous sometimes and and maybe being superstitious about certain things. I'm not getting that vibe from you, but is there some, are you completely not that kind of ball player? Like you don't wear the same socks. You don't wear the, you don't do the same, you know, brush your teeth 10 times on the left side, 10 (laughs) times on the right side. Can you talk about how you are, if you are completely superstitious or just not even uh, that kind of guy? Uh, yeah. So I'm extremely superstitious to the point where, (laughs) uh, to the point where it actually upsets me. And then I tried to not be superstitious because I'm like, I'm a logical guy. And I know that these things aren't affecting my baseball field. Like the way that I put my shoes on in the morning is not going to get me another hit, but (laughs) I can't help but make those connections sometimes. And it is annoying. So uh, I do fall into those things. And they, they wind up changing all the time because I wind up telling myself, like, this is not affecting. Like, don't think about it. Just mm-hmm. go do your thing. Um, but, I, uh, yeah, I wind up having different superstitions, like, every other week. 
I guess it's just got to be the routine and getting used to that and everything like that. But um, Garrett, do you have a favorite? And I know, again, it's been a while since with the pandemic and everything, but um, so far in your minor league career, a favorite city or minor league ballpark or favorite uh, landmark as far as, oh man, I'm excited to go to, to this place. Or is it just something where you guys are basically, I mean, it's hotel, ballpark, hotel, ballpark on the road, and it kind of just all runs together with that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say I have a favorite city to this point um i'm kind of for the most part just getting to the point now where we're getting into like some more consistently cool cities um because you know led the lower levels it's a lot of smaller towns that kind of thing not not a whole right. lot to go uh to go to there were some cool cities like i liked lansing when we were in michigan um we stayed like downtown there's a lot to eat and it was it was nice to walk around down there and stuff south bend um downtown was nice uh, my favorite ballpark for sure was fort wayne uh, the Tin Caps um, ballpark is beautiful. The playing surface was so nice, and they drew like, like six, seven thousand a night. So um, it was a lot of fun to play there. There we go. See, I'm I'm from Indiana, so I understand Fort Wayne. <laughs> that's where it's at. I've, I've heard good things about that ballpark there too, for sure. Um, Garrett, a couple quick hitters here that I want to get to uh, outside of yourself um, within the Rays organization. Who do you consider to be the funniest player within the organization <laughs> that you've encountered? The funniest player. Um, Brett Sullivan's pretty funny, man. Uh, okay. I, yeah, he he's pretty funny. He likes to talk. Um, and just, yeah, hang around him is good. Uh, what do you think? We got a lot of funny guys. But I would probably say Sully is the funniest. Okay, there we go. And outside of yourself, outside of yourself, the best pure athlete in the Rays organization or on your team, whoever you've encountered that you're like, Oh my, this guy is a, just a, he was, was he made in a test tube or something? This guy's an absolute freak. Is there somebody that you have in mind? Um, yeah, I'd probably say Josh Lowe. Uh, he's just, okay. Yeah. He's crazy. athletic man. Like, I mean, six, four jumps out the gym, flies, like really strong arm. Pitch too. Like, I'm fine. But me first. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. And then, uh, then the other thing, and then I know Ulysses has another question or two for you. Uh, the toughest pitcher that you faced in your pro career, or maybe there's a couple of them, but I know you had, you know, being in spring training and then throughout minor league ball, if there's a guy that's like, man, I don't know how anybody gets a hit off this guy here. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about this the other day. It's kind of tough because I don't know the names of a lot of pitchers that I faced. Um, like I'll remember, I'll remember them for the time that I need to remember them, or I'll remember my last at bat against them, and then they kind of like fade from my memory. But the one that always sticks out in my mind is one guy who I saw actually just the first time I was born, just um, Anderson Espinosa. I faced him as a GCL. He was with the Red Sox. Uh, he was like 17 years old, just on 100 miles an hour, and just oh wow, and. Uh, that was one of the first at-bats I had in pro ball. And I took, I remember taking like, they had a real specific radar gun on the board at, at uh, this ballpark. And I took, I think it was strike three. It was like a backdoor two seam at like 99.3, like just caught the corner. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. What can yeah. you do with that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just lean into it. That's all they can do, I guess, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, 
I asked this question to Ford Proctor, but I think I, I was a little bit too much of a politician. So I'm going to keep it simple uh, for you, Garrett, <laughs> so I can hear your honest answer. You've got two scenarios and you can only pick one scenario. All right. First scenario is you're in the all-star starting, starting lineup and you can win the all-star MVP. You're that guy. You're amongst the greatest in the game and maybe even Hall of Famers are around you. Um, that's scenario number one. Number two, you're in the starting lineup uh, in the World Baseball, Baseball Classic for the USA team. Which one do you pick and why? Uh, I would probably... Hmm. I would probably pick the WBC. Um, because getting a chance to play on a national stage like that um, and like represent like my people and um, obviously I mean we got a lot of ball good ball players in America too so I'd be out with the ball famous there I'm sure too um, <laughs> I would yeah I'd probably pick that but I mean I'm not that's not saying that like being in the all-star game like that isn't something that I want but right probably, yeah, probably WBC or whatever too. Kevin, uh, Ford and Garrett, you know, just speak to my heart. You know how much I love the World Baseball Classic. So I, I, I love that, you know, players are picking this answer for me. <laughs> I know. I think that's a great way to end it right there. Garrett, we really appreciate the time. One last thing that I want to ask is, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there, but is there one coach or instructor that has maybe been the biggest influence on you so far in your pro career? Um, yeah, I would say... My hitting coach in um, when I was in Hudson Valley, he's the bench coach for the bullpen coach, Craig Albanese, uh, has probably been the biggest, just in the sense of uh, his mindset and, and approach to the game of baseball, um, like the way he carried himself and um, the way he kept the clubhouse loose, and, and he's just like such an easy guy to talk to and. Um, always made me feel comfortable coming to him and not to mention that he was one of my best teammates we've ever had um, so I think that he coach-wise and that's been thing too um, I would I would say we still say in contact too even though he's not with us anymore you know, one day he's going to be big he's going he's to win a couple of teams he's, he's one of those best teams all right. We once again want to thank Garrett Whitley for joining us and wishing him on a successful season at AA Montgomery and beyond. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just recently added baseball to the platform. So check it out today. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. It's truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track it all at betonline.ag. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, whether it be MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Again, use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online. Your online sports book experts. Well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go to bet online tonight uh, for that Yankees raise. Uh, you know, I was going to do it yesterday. Thank God I didn't. Uh, but I don't know if I should do it today. What do you think? What I would do is just take the under for every raise game. Just take the under on runs scored between the yes. lack of offense and the raise pitching. I mean, whatever the line is, uh, I would just uh, take the big U with that. Uh, we will get to tonight's game that will feature uh, – Grandpappy, Rich Hill versus Jamison Tyon. But before that, Ulysses, yes, I've, I've got my nicknames for Rich Hill. Pap-Pap, <laughs> Pop-Pop, uh, Grandpa, that, Grandpappy. Grandpappy is the best one. Oh, my gosh, I love that. You know, uh, have you ever seen the movie Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, I checked into it. I haven't watched it. Does it feature uh, George Clooney? Is that correct? Yes, it's fantastic. It's George Clooney's best role ever. And Jordan Torturo is also there. John Goodman, obviously. We have an inside joke with yes. me, Kevin, a couple other people, John Goodman. Good so, yeah, cast. please check it out because there's a grandpappy character there. You're going to love it. Uh, oh, man. I, okay. I, I, well, here, here's another one. Old Man Dick. There we go. Rich Hill. I, I, that's that's going to be my job is just coming up with uh, nicknames for Rich Hill that signify his uh, <sighs> old age of 41. Uh, Elder before statesman. we kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, preview that a little bit, I uh, want to touch on this. Okay. So uh, we mentioned, of course, the, the news of Yoshi Sutsugo and uh, him getting DFA'd. And we pondered. We didn't really get into this all that much, but... I want to get your natural reaction to this. I'm going to give a list here, and I want your opinion on which of these was the worst free agent signing in Ray's history based on return on investment, just didn't work out, however you want to clarify or quantify it. Of course, we have the Yoshi contract. We all know about that. Uh, The Pat Burrow contract as well after the 2008 season. Um, I'm also going to throw in Chris Archer's one-year $6.75 million deal this year, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, 6.5, 6.75, 7 mil, whatever, uh, because he's only pitched four innings thus far. Uh, back in, and I know this is going back a little bit, Greg Vaughn uh, signed a four-year $34 million deal back in 2000. He actually had two really good, productive, middle-of-the-order that type years, but then fell off the map with injuries and so forth after that. Uh, but that was, that was a lot of money back then. Uh, right-handed pitcher back in 2000, man, the Rays were spending in 2000. Uh, they signed Juan Guzman to a two year, $12.5 million deal uh, that year. He pitched just five outs in his debut with the Rays before having a career ending shoulder injury. So wow. he pitched a total of uh, one and two thirds innings. 
so that's like a, a couple million and out there that the Rays yeah. got from Juan Guzman. And then the other one, I think people forget about this sometimes, is uh, when the Rays brought back Grant Balfour to a two-year, $12 million deal in 2014. He eventually got released in 2015. That first year with the Rays, before he got released, he had uh, 12 saves in a 4.91 ERA and 52 innings pitch. So all those, I, that, that's what I've got. There might be another one out there, but those are some of the, the bigger arbitrage contracts that, you know, on the whole didn't work out for the Rays. But Ulysses, which would you, if you want to take in recency bias and just the, the Rays era, not including the Devil Rays era, which is the worst? Is it the Yoshi one? Is it the Burrow one? Is it the Balfour one? Is it the Archer one? Is it some other one? What do you have? Uh, you know, I would add the Wilson Alvarez one uh, to okay. that list. Um, I know that he was going to be the, the you know, he actually was the opening day uh, starter for the race in the 98 uh, season, inaugural season. Um, and I'm pretty sure he had another like shoulder injury or elbow. And I think he only pitched like two years of the four year deal. I think that he signed. So that's also an albatross there. Um, but you, taking recency bias, I think it has to be, um, Yoshi or Pat Burrow. It's, okay. It's, it's, I think it's those two because those two guys had the pedigree of look, we, we never have any offense. We're going to have an offense. Um, right. And I know, and, and Pat Burrow was a guy that you could pretty much tally 25 bombs, a 260, 280 batting average. You could do that every every season. And then he just be, became a shadow of himself wearing the Rays uniform. So that right. was a hit, especially after the World Series run. And I'm always, I'm always waiting every day for a Topkin book or a Bill Chastain book on those Pad Burrell days, on, on those clubhouse fights that apparently happened with him and Carl Crawford a couple of times. Like, oh I boy. want that book to be written by one of these guys um, because, yeah, it was just an awful, 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 awful free agent signing. But Yoshi, he also had the pedigree. I mean, we all remember the press conference, right? And, yeah. and how much fanfare the Rays did with, for, for Yoshi. And everybody was excited. And, and, you know, oh, look at the chance. They have a chant for this guy. He mm-hmm. has the most home runs uh, in the last four years in the Japanese league. I mean, all the fanfare. And then look at the return. And it just is a 180 guy uh, for, for, you know, parts of two seasons. It's, it's a big letdown. So, I, I, honestly, I think it, it would have to be those two. Pick one. Don't politician me here. Burl or Yoshi? Which one is the worst? I'm going to go with Pat Burl because at least he had been in the MLB. We, right. al- we always said that about Yoshi. How long will, will it take for him to you know, adjust to MLB pitching and MLB live and cultural changes, which uh, I, I've heard a lot of Twitter kind of say lately, like, oh, let's just not blame this all on Corona and, and cultural changes. Well, if you don't think that cultural changes are important, then, you know, you probably should get out of your zip code once in a right. while and then experience, uh, you know, cultural changes. Uh, so, no, I would have to go with Pat Burrell. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I also say Pat Burrell. And I know that, like, the Guzman deal, that, I mean, as far as, like, return on investment, that might be the absolute worst one. But as far as what we're talking about, recently Ray's era so forth discounting the I mean we were like eight nine years old so we don't really remember that as vividly but um Pat Burrell because uh 
the, the fact that, like you mentioned, he had had such like a decade long history of success beforehand. And then he was the guy, oh, he'll put us over the top. He'll help us put us over the top in 2009. And it just wasn't that. And then uh, really the moment he leaves uh, the race, he goes and wins a ring with the giants and he basically becomes his normal self with another team. Like he in like 90 games or so he hit 270 with 18 bombs with the giants. So he, he won a ring right before coming to the Rays, wins a ring right after leaving the Rays, but doesn't really do anything for the Rays. Although I will say, I don't think Pat Burrell had like a half hour press conference after his signing. That is something that, the Rays did with Yoshi. So that's a little bit. Cause he didn't want to stay. Cause he probably yeah. was like, no, I don't want to, you know, I don't, don't want to do that. I hate being here in Tampa Bay. Look, the guy's nickname was Pat the bat. That is Punto. true. I mean, there, there is no n- number one. It's Pat Burrow. Pat Burrow will forever have hold that uh, trophy uh, of worst free agent signing ever. Um, and I think Joshua Gardner uh, wants the Pat Burrow uh, award to be given to the worst free agent that <laughs> the Ray sign and we're okay with naming it the Pad Burl Award. Yeah, I think that's fair. In fact, uh trying to check this out real quick, but Pat Burl may have had more homers in his career in the MLB than Yoshi had homers in Japan. So that's another thing go. to go with that. So okay, uh tonight's game. Anything in particular you're looking at uh between uh, Graham Pappy and Jameson Tyon, who Uh, They both have ERAs over five, so there may be a little bit of offense in this game, but uh, who knows? You know, this is the thing. You look at a couple of of stats from from Graham Pappy, Dick, and and Jameson, and they're very they've had very similar results. Um, ERAs over five, like you said, the WHIP one point twelve for each. They both are hovering around the 30-inning uh, pitch mark for the 2021 season. They both are hovering over the, the 30 strikeouts uh, for, for their 2021 season. So they've had the same results in, in a few categories. So we could expect, like you said, maybe a, a more scoring than in the past two games. But Rich Hill has been looking real fine the last three outings. Uh, let's not forget two against Oakland, where yes. he allowed two runs one time and then zero runs the other time. And sandwiched in between that was a three-inning outing against the Houston Astros where he left them in blank. So hopefully he he that's that was the beginning. Perry is with me here. He understands Grant yeah. Happy is coming hot today. Oh, dude. Perry is all about it. He doesn't want to get swept. He doesn't want to get swept either. I know. Perry is just happy that Rich Hill is allowed just two earned runs in his last 15 innings. Oh, my God. Gosh, wow. Uh, I think that's a good note, note to end the show on. Perry Thank you, upset, Perry, man. for leading us out. He's like, Perry. I need breakfast. I need breakfast. Quit the show and feed me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This has been a day. Okay. Uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Today podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.